Welcome to Campus Voices, a program where we take a look at what's going on in the Lexington and UK communities. I'm your host, Sarah Simon-Patches, and today we are discussing the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on Lexington businesses. Restaurants and businesses have been having a hard time getting back on their feet since early March. Some businesses closed and have yet to reopen. We will be taking a look at a few businesses in Lexington to learn more about how they have been impacted by COVID-19 and what changes they have made to keep their businesses going. WRFL reporter Justin Conti has more information on the impact COVID-19 has had on the business world. In early March, the world was hit with the fast-spreading virus COVID-19, and it was soon declared a global pandemic. Schools and universities switched to virtual learning, corporations went remote, and businesses shut their doors, some temporarily and some permanently. On March 27th, President Donald Trump passed the CARES Act, which allowed for a $2.2 trillion economic stimulus bill, this bill provided fast and direct economic assistance for American workers and small businesses. According to the Labor Cabinet, the state of Kentucky released records of 34 businesses that permanently closed because they were in violation of Governor Andy Bashir's orders to close non-essential businesses. 20 of these businesses were cited for being a non-essential business, and the other 14 were cited for not following the new safety protocols. These protocols include a requirement that employees must wear masks as do patrons going inside any establishment unless under the age of five. Social distancing of at least six feet needs to be enforced and hand sanitizer should be accessible to everyone in the establishment. Governor Bashir said that any business wanting to reopen must comply with a lengthy set of rules and protocols put into place on July 10th, which restrict common areas such as lobbies and waiting rooms. Any employee who experiences any symptoms of COVID must be tested within 36 hours and businesses should be utilizing and continuing to telework anywhere possible to limit the amount of face-to-face -face interaction. These protocols will remain in place until the president and the CDC declare that we are no longer in a pandemic. Reporting for WRFL, I'm Justin Conti. Tonight we are going to hear from Ron Perez, the owner of local Lexington restaurant Deviate and owner of Peggy's Gifts and Accessories, Peggy Queen. Thank you both for being with us today. First question for Rob. Anticipating the impact of COVID-19, did you apply for a PPE or small business loan for your restaurant? Yeah, so we have four different entities and we applied for each of the four entities. Um, the Deviate Foundation, the Deviate Kitchen, uh, Saul Good at Fayette Mall, and then Saul Good downtown. So were those loans helpful in staying open? Have they benefited the restaurant? Yeah, three of the four were great. Um, we had the kind of the opinion that if we couldn't, <laughs> if we couldn't at least break even, then we weren't going to use the money. We haven't opened up uh, the downtown restaurant yet because there's, you know, no one's working down there. We don't have concerts, games. Uh, the whole thing is shut down. So unfortunately, the time has passed and we're just going to repay the loan. And we didn't spend any of the PPP for the for the downtown restaurant, which is a bummer. You know, you wish you could have taken advantage of it for sure. Do you think with the potential of basketball season and some of downtown getting some more activity back, do you think that that will impact your decision to reopen? Have you been considering that at all? Well, we're trying to stay close to understanding what basketball season means. Currently uh, in the SEC, they're, they're saying that 15% of the arena is what you can fill 
And if you want to apply for a specific waiver to increase it, uh, then you can, but you have to prove that you could be safe. So let's say it goes up to 20%. You know, I'm not sure. It's, it's definitely not all the same thing. And if we're at 50% capacity, which, you know, we're, we're ordered to keep at 50% capacity, I don't know. I still don't know if it makes sense. And Peggy, did you close your shop at all during the pandemic? Okay. Can you tell that I'm not technically um, attuned to all this stuff? I couldn't get my, my mic unmuted. <laughs> First, I want to say, Rob, I love all your restaurants. So I'll be, I'll be excited when they're back up and running. Um, Peggy, um, you don't know how many gifts we've gotten from you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So, yes, we did have to close. We closed for about two months. But you know what? We worked every day because at first we worked harder than we've ever worked, to tell you the truth. I had been one of those that thought, oh, you know, we have a website, but it, it's not that big a deal. Well, it became a really big deal at that point. So I really, I stayed home and worked night and day for a week to try to get as much that's in the store up on the website because we found that people would, you know, look at the website order or call us and zoom by we kind of giggled and it kind of felt like a chick-fil-a drive-through for a while out front people would come by because you know we had easter we had mother's day during the close so which those were blessings for us because uh, those are holidays that are big for our store and we were still able to help people fulfill those orders you know there and have their families have their fun celebrations um and we just did all the shopping for them so that was it was a lot of fun do you think that any of these new changes will carry into the future of your business? Or you know what? Yes. People are still liking um, to just curbside pickup. They still call and say, could you deliver, which we're thrilled to do. Absolutely not a problem. And the website has become a, we're, we're into the, the right century now, I think, with the website. Um, we figured out, yes, it's very important to have an up-to-date website, which, you know, that's my fault for not realizing that. Um, so people still do even look at the website and come in the store. We're very blessed. We have a, you know, not a huge store and people feel very safe. We're all wearing masks. They all wear masks. Um, so that's helped us kind of keep, we're, we're just very, very lucky that our loyal customers are still coming in and we're able to keep things going. Thank you both for your responses. With Lexington restaurants and businesses starting to open back up, Strict protocols and safety regulations put in place by Governor Bashir must be followed in order to avoid receiving a shutdown order from the state. DVA has adopted and enforced these changes in addition to utilizing outdoor seating. WRFL reporter Evan Johnson went to DVA to get some insight on what changes customers have noticed since its reopening. DV8 is one of many restaurants in Lexington that has reopened with new safety protocols after being closed to the public for several months. A customer describes what differences he has noticed at DV8 since the pandemic hit. We always come here at lunch, and uh, if you don't get here before 11, on, before COVID, then you weren't going to get a seat. It was so busy. Even during these tumultuous times, DV8 still has customers coming in and out of the restaurant, and they also offer curbside pickup. The employees and customers are a big part of why DV8 is still open today. Reporting for WRFL, I'm Evan Johnson. Customer support is crucial for businesses to remain open during this pandemic. With the pandemic forcing college students to finish the academic semester away from campus, the local businesses lost their regulars and suffered an economic loss. 
College towns are places of high interest for people to move to and attend college. They are partially because of the local businesses that surround them, but these businesses need customers in order to be successful. So Rob, how have sales been for Deviate since students have come back to campus? Well, the first 10 weeks we were closed. So from the 17th of, of March uh, until really the beginning of June, we were closed and that was pretty tough. Uh, the decision was made just because we have a small restaurant and operating with only curbside, it, it didn't make a huge amount of sense, especially when you consider that 90% uh, of our staff at the time lived in community housing and recovery centers. And I, I, I just couldn't bear the thought of, you know, potentially bringing those folks to work and sending them that back to their community housing and getting 100 people sick at the Hope Center, for example. So, it, you know, we had a little bit of a complexity, but sales since then have inched up and uh, we're really close to pretty much being the same sales level, but with all of the to-go and the required things you have to do like uh, delivery, those, those uh, companies all take something off of the top and then doing everything to go takes a lot more labor and a lot more paper goods. And so uh, we're still working on the profit part, but the sales are pretty close. Do you think moving forward that college students will continue to help you and your sales grow? Do you think that they're an important part of your um, audience, your business? Yeah, I mean, everything from the medical, you know, um, industry, as well as, you, you know, UK, the commerce that we get off of that as a, as a business, local business is big. Um, the best weeks we've had was move-in weeks. I mean, there's parents coming in, and, and, and those are all really great for us. But yeah, of course, y'all are a huge economic engine for the local economy. And Peggy, same question for you. How have you seen students respond to your business and has that changed at all um, with the pandemic? You know what, T today even we've had lots of um, the college girls in doing a little shopping. Um, it's sorority bid day for several of them. So that's been fun to help them with those gifts. Um, we were holding our breath for sorority bid day because, you know, I stock up, I buy a lot of merchandise in hopes that that's going to be a great week for us and get to meet a lot of new people. And um, luckily it worked out for the girls and we were thrilled to death to be able to still do the bid day baskets. Um, the parents, of course, contact us for that. And even today, um, I had a mom call. She wanted to send fall gifts to her child and her child's roommate. So that was fun. I got to pick out her goodies. We did it, you know, by phone because she lives out of town. And then we picked a day. I'm going to take them over and deliver. So, yes, we're thrilled to have the, the students back as, as thrilled as they are to be back. I know lots of them come in. They don't realize what it's typically like, the young ones, the freshmen. So they're just happy to be on campus. Um, and for the older girls, they're just ready for it to get back to normal. But it's been great seeing them all come back to school. Awesome. Thank you both. With restaurants and businesses fighting to stay open, WRFL reporter Justin Conti describes what restaurants are doing to ensure the safety of their employees and customers, as well as what they are doing to keep their sales growing. Taking a look at another restaurant in Lexington, Grimaldi's Pizzeria, originating in Brooklyn, New York, is famous for their brick oven coal-fired pizza. This establishment has stayed open during the pandemic while six other restaurants in the summit closed and never reopened. 
Grimaldi said that they noticed a decrease in sales before Governor Andy Bashir shut down front of house services. But when people started to receive their unemployment checks and stimulus checks, they noticed a huge increase in sales and were not prepared for it. General Manager Jessica Terry gives us an inside look at how the restaurant has been affected by this pandemic. Every 30 minutes, we have to wipe down all contact services like the front doors, doorknobs, phones, um, anything that that gets touched more often than uh, than we can think than we usually thought about before. The COVID-19 outbreak has made the employees more aware of how often they are touching surfaces. Third-party delivery systems such as DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub have had a huge jump with utilization in restaurants since the pandemic started. According to Finance Service Company's Rewards Network, 42% of businesses added a delivery option to their services, and 31% of them stated that they will keep this service, thinking the demand and ease of delivery will stay. This has increased sales for businesses in the summer months after losing a lot of business in the beginning months of the pandemic. A study from Technomics states that operators have seen a 40% jump in restaurants using these delivery systems from March 15th. Jessica tells us about how third-party systems have been a big part of keeping sales up since the pandemic started. Right now, at least 50% of our sales are contributed to carryout, and of that, uh, I would say minimum 40% of them is our third-party deliveries. Grimaldi's implemented these third-party delivery systems about six months prior to the pandemic, and Jessica said that they are glad they got their foot through the door then instead of when the stay-at-home order was issued and delivery sales skyrocketed. While Grimaldi's does have a lot of people coming into the restaurant and ordering takeout, these third-party delivery systems continue to be the driving force behind their sales during the pandemic. Reporting for WRFL, I'm Justin Conti. Restaurants and businesses being hit by the pandemic have had to find alternative ways to make sales and boost their business back up from the summer months and when they had a lack of daily sales. Rob, you mentioned earlier about using delivery and curbside. Have you continued to use those third-party delivery systems? Do you think that they're helping? You mentioned it kind of, they take a fee away, but overall, do you think that was a good move? Yeah, I mean, the big question is going to be, um, how much do these services think they're worth when things normalize? There was, uh, there's a progressive uh, payment program that you have, and I have a feeling that at some point it might have to be a decision that we make, you know, um, but hopefully we can all balance it out and we can start figuring out what is fair for both a third party delivery service or an online service so that we can all coexist and still all make, you know, the appropriate amount of profit to pay our bills and our staff. And Peggy, you mentioned that you have your website updated now, but you do you use delivery systems? Like I know there's, is there an equivalent um, to, you know, the restaurant business and that delivery, or do you think that you might utilize something like that in the future? You know what? I'm one of those weirdos. I like to do it myself. I'm not such a smaller scale than Rob would be. And, you know, I, if I had all those meals to deliver, I couldn't do it. But with our business, it's not anything too crazy. So I just like to do them myself. And some of my girls like to help deliver to campus. And we have those deliveries and it's so close. It's just, it's just not a problem. And we're, we're just happy to do it. And we of course love seeing people come in the store, but a lot of people still don't feel comfortable just getting out in general. And I totally understand that. So as long as people want us to deliver, we are happy to do it. Businesses outside of restaurants have also been hit hard during the pandemic, 
and they had to adapt to utilizing contactless experiences. Business owners play a huge part in communicating and enforcing the protocols put into place by Governor Bashir to help create a safe environment for their businesses to be reopened and increase their sales. WRFL reporter Victoria Grijalba talks about how small businesses have been struggling during the pandemic and what they can do to help slow the spread of the virus. Small businesses have been hit hard by this pandemic, but the Small Business Administration has offered up to $2 million to aid each affected business. This past summer, the City of Lexington voted on and approved a $2.5 million stimulus program to aid small businesses in Fayette County, most heavily affected by COVID-19 and PPE grants of up to $25,000 were given to qualifying businesses. According to CNBC, data shows that 60% of business closures due to the coronavirus pandemic are now permanent. Retail businesses were limited to a 33% capacity for the first month of being open, and if everything goes as planned within each business, Governor Bashir said that they can move up to 50% capacity. With the help of all business owners and their employees, a huge impact can be made in the process of flattening the curve for the virus while rebuilding their business. Reporting for WRFL, I'm Victoria Grijalba. Bigger businesses seem to have more options for their employees if they were to come to the point of closing, but small businesses depend on their employees and customers to stay safe and keep sales going in order to stay away from closing. And Rob, do you have a plan for your employees and yourself if Deviate were to close? except for literally communicating and trying to be as sympathetic and empathetic as we possibly can. You know, I mean, no, there, there's not any more cash reserve. There's not anything additionally we can do with the exception of stay positive, work with each other, explain exactly what's going on, even if it's bad. And, um, and, you know, let's just pray for everybody. Bottom line, this is very hard on so many people on so many ways. Um, and, you know, if we could just kind of stay together and count our blessings, I think it's, it's all going to be okay eventually. We might not be in business anymore, but it'll all be fine, right? And you mentioned earlier that your employees live in community housing. And I know a little bit about your business initiative because I'm from Lexington, but do you want to share a little bit about the meaning behind DVA and your employees and how things might change, um, you know, for them if you were to not be in business? Anymore? Yeah, so DVA employs people in a second chance employment opportunity. So the folks that work for uh, DVA have had a past of addiction and frequently have had some sort of stint in incarceration and, um, at the end of the day, most people uh, that we employ couldn't get another job. And uh, we're blessed to have them because they're unbelievable. They, uh, they work on a high effort. They work on uh, a better uh, standard than, than anybody else. And uh, they try to work on relationships every day. And they've produced what I think is really strong product. And, um, you know, we have some qualifiers that we've checked like Yelp and um, you know, just customer feedback, and and it's going well. Our turnover rate and and, uh, and tenure is a, is better than national average by almost forty uh, percent in both. Um, all the leading economic indicators for all businesses is is pointed really up, and that's with one hundred percent of our folks with a past. 
And Peggy, what do you see for the near future of your business? You know, we're just trying to stay healthy. I have one employee that's, she's still um, a negative case of COVID, but her, she was close to somebody that is positive. So she's having to quarantine for two weeks. So it, it's putting a little bit of a cramp in our style. Um, you know, we just kind of shift the workload a little bit. So at going into Christmas season, it's, you know, it's on my mind. Should I, you know, vary my staff do shifts so that we're not totally in contact all the time? I don't know, but it's going to be a situation if it spreads through here. I don't, I don't, luckily we've been great so far. Knock on wood, nobody's gotten it and um, all good, but it's, it's going to be a little tricky. We, you know, the Christmas is our season, so we need to be open for sure. So we're going to be doing the best we can, getting, keeping everything clean, the mask constantly worn, and, um, you know, making sure everybody's staying safe. Well, thank you both for sharing some insight into your businesses this evening. We appreciate you both being here. Um, and to our listeners, join us next Wednesday for another episode of Campus Voices. I'm Sarah Simon-Patches, and you're listening to WRFL Radio 88.1 FM.